Hi, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Carnegie Mellon Film Festival podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Stanny, and I'm really excited to share with you this interview I had with Idrisu Morik Pai about his film, America Street. America Street is going to be screening virtually at the Carnegie Mellon International Film Festival, and we have a chat about the filmmaking process behind America Street, what he's been watching lately, and his approach to documentary filmmaking. Idrisu is an award-winning filmmaker whose works have been screened at festivals including the Rotterdam International Film Festival, Berlin International Film Festival, and the Cannes International Film Festival. His films tackle post-colonial African societies, African migrations, and diasporas. America Street explores the daily struggles of an African-American community through the eyes of community leader Joe Watson. Joe navigates the quickly gentrifying historical black neighborhood of his childhood in downtown Charleston, South Carolina, just after the 2015 killing of Walter Scott. Although it was filmed in 2015, it hasn't lost any of its relevancy. In fact, it's only become more timely. America Street is streaming virtually at cmu.edu slash faces from November 30th to December 6th. There will be a virtual panel December 3rd at 5 p.m., the screening is in conjunction with Row House Cinema, sponsored by Cause Humanity Scholars Program, the Center for Diversity and Inclusion at CMU, and the Department of African Studies at the University of Pittsburgh. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. So, hi, everyone, and I want to welcome you guys to my conversation with Idrisu Morik Pai. Welcome, Idrisu. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. Good, good. good. Yeah. yeah. So um, your film is America Street, which we're going to be screening virtually at the CMU International Film Festival from November 30th to Sunday, December 6th. And my first question for you and the film, which congratulations, by the way, it's a wonderful film. Thank you. And I know on, on behalf of the festival, we're extremely excited to, to show it. Um, my first question is... Yeah. The subject of your documentary is Joe Watson, a community leader um, and a small business owner in Charleston. How did you come to pick Joe Watson as the subject of the documentary? Like, what did you find about his story so compelling? Yeah, um, yeah thank you. I mean, living in Charleston, I, I was shocked to see the tense racial relationship and the deep structural segregation that uh, characterize the city and the racialized uh, nature of social, social inequality struck, I mean, struck me as more strength, uh, striking here than in other places I have visited in the, in the United States. Sure. I wanted to understand America's race problem uh, when I met Joe Watson by chance. And I just took, took up my camera and unlike for my other film began shooting without a crew or a script. Joe is uh, an interesting character for his vision of a society, his strong personality, his humanism and charisma, and um, his commitment to uh, improving and protecting his community. Mm. All of uh, this make him a positive character and a great protagonist of, in a documentary. So what was, what was that like, like starting the documentary with kind of no formal crew, no, no script per se? What was that like as you, the filmmaker? 
I mean, it's an adventure, right? Yeah, it's yeah, an adventure. yeah. You don't know where the film is going. It's going to become a film, but you are not sure, right? Sure. Uh, it's it's uh, just a, I, I, you know, that's the first time. It was the first time I'm, I'm working in that way, uh, right? And I knew I was aware that uh, 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 this kind of adventure can just, I mean, you can miss it. Right, you can mm. miss it, it can, uh, but it can also become a film, right? So sure. I was not sure where I was going, right? Mm. So, and every day is, uh, is another day, it's different, it's different. You just follow, right, the mm. rhythm of your character, right? Mm. And it's it was the character that determined uh, the flow of the shooting, mm. right? So, um. It's, I mean, I always <laughs> advise people to have a script, at least. You know. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> have sure. A script, right? Even for the for documentary, uh, you need a script because you know uh, where you, you where you go, right? But well, it's uh, also a good experience, really, to work in, in this way because you have a good, interesting surprise. Right? Well, I think that also speaks to uh, Joe's sort of charisma and Joe's sort of aura that you, you didn't have anything formally, but you saw this guy and you like, there was enough of sort of a gut feeling for you as an artist to say, you know what, there's really something beautiful here. There's a really, uh, like a beautiful story to, to start to track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So over how, how many months did you follow Joe? I mean, we should we should think it's uh, to three months. Okay, you know, in okay. which I shot almost every day. Mm. Right? I had uh, almost 80, 80 hours of of footage. Okay, altogether, so it uh, it was the editing that took uh, much much longer. Mm. Uh, shot in two thousand fifteen, the film was only finished in two thousand nineteen. So I mean, that was not only. <laughs> I mean, the problem. I mean this all these years uh, my problem was not only uh, the editing uh, you know I had also to find the funding the needed funding to finish the film for the post-production sure. so that took also you know uh, make that uh, I mean the finishing the, I mean the post-production took so long hmm. yeah um, I, I know you've done both narrative and documentary films um, yeah. Could you describe what you think the role of a director is in a narrative film compared to what a director does with a documentary film? Yeah, I think one of the biggest differences right, is that as a documentary filmmaker, you need to establish a, a relationship with your characters, right? Without this relationship of trust, the film will not succeed, right? The character wants to make sure you have sympathy for the situation, right? Otherwise, sure. uh, you, I mean, <laughs> they won't open their hearts, their hearts to you, right? So that's, uh, for me, the most, I mean, important difference, you know, between narrative and, 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 and documentary. So go, going back to Joe, like, what were some of your first conversations with him? You know, you're, you're approaching him about like, hey, I, I, I want to, what were your first, sorry, that's inarticulate. What were yeah. your first conversations with Joe like? It was interesting because Joe, uh, which is normal, doesn't know what documentary filmmaking means, right? Mm. And uh, he thought I, I, I was a journalist, 
So, and the first day was about his life, right? Uh, his talk, I mean, he talk, taught me everything about his life, right? Where he grew up, when, I mean, where he went to school and sure. his relationship to his mom and yeah. uh, his brother and sister. I mean, all the problem of life, his life with his siblings and so on. And uh, so when we finished uh, that day, I told him that I was coming back the next day. He said, he thought I was finished. He said, I told you everything. <laughs> Why are you coming back? <laughs> and I, yeah. I, told me, I told him that uh, uh, I'm a documentary filmmaker and uh, documentary filmmaking takes longer than, uh, you know, than a news, you know, a journalist uh, who has been sent to, you know, to, to, to garden uh, testimonies and so, so on. That's my work is to stay here for long, long, so for many days. And he mm. said, okay, <laughs> yeah, you can come anytime. He invited me to be, you know, to come, a, you know, as long as I, 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 I want. So, so that was really uh, my first meeting. I mean, to get to to explain him what documentary filmmaking means. I mean, after a week, I I I, I think he understood really my work. What role do you think documentaries play in in social change? Obviously, this film could not be more timely. Um, and especially in light of the George Floyd killings and the Black Lives Matter movement, um, a lot of these issues are now not just uh, centered in a you know city of Charleston council meeting; they're on a national national level. Um, so I'm just curious what your thoughts are on on the documentaries and social change. Yeah, you know, I in 2015 uh, when I made my film are lit on uranium mining in Africa. Mm. Um, I, didn't, um, I didn't know that it could change the life of my characters. Um, I, one day I received a, a message from one of them, you know, thanking me for exposing the situation to the world. Mm. Uh, this is uh, the strength of, of the documentary. You know, and we put a kind of magnifying glass on lives experiences of those that the world does not see or ignore, right? In a few words, we disturb the quietude, quietude of the world, right? And uh, my job is to disturb the world. Mm -hmm. um, so America Street's strongest message is that uh, structural racism runs deep into the habits of our society and to, and to dismantle them, you have to understand how it affects the individual lives of the community. And the film show you, show you the importance of the often ignored frontline workers who do the daily work on the ground and whose expertise is not often enough listened to. The film want to point to that, right? So um, it is, I mean, the film, even, I mean, though I shot it in Charleston, the question, uh, the issues treated, I mean, the, uh, treated in, the, in this film, I mean, it's everywhere, right? Mm. It's, uh, you know, I started this film in 2015 when Black Lives Matter was considered to be a kind of terrorist movement <laughs> in 2015, you know, and uh, 
some of my characters uh, are part of like Muhyiddin, Muhyiddin who passed away in 2018, who, who was really uh, one of the important uh, member of this movement in, 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 in Black Lives Matter. You know, you see since 2015 to today, the move to Black Lives Matter is not just now, it's not a black, you know, <laughs> a black movement. It's a, it became an international move, movement, right? Everyone is part of that. People from every colors are part of that, right? It's not an American movement anymore. <laughs> you know, you see in worldwide how people, uh, you know, identify themselves with the movement. You know, every, I mean, people who really, uh, for whom justice is important, uh, is now part of, of this movement. So for me, that is, um, uh, it's, it's connected <laughs> to the sure. role of a documentary film, 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 filmmaking. Sure. Right. Has Joe seen the final product? Oh, yes. I. I, my, my first screening uh, was in Charleston. I always, for me, it's a very important that the people who are about in my, in my film, the film, my, I mean, who my film is about, uh, being the first to see the film. I, for me, it was important that the people of in Charleston see the film first, right? So mm. I, I organized a screening with College of Charleston uh, to show the film uh, to the people in Charleston and Joe was invited to, to present the film with me, right? So he became <laughs> kind of star in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right in Charleston. And uh, he sent me many times emails he received, uh, text messages and people who would stop by and say, oh, thank you, Joe, for your, what you're doing, right? Mm. And he even received email from world, worldwide and people who, I don't know how the information really spread, uh, you know, all over the country here. And he received emails from different places. So that's, uh, uh, I think now he understood, he understand uh, the meaning of our work. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. What is your favorite documentary? The one that like represents the, the pinnacle of the genre? It could be a, a documentary you saw when you were younger that inspired you to make them or it could be a more recent one. And I mean, in documentary filmmaking, I appreciate those most which make us think about the human condition. Sometimes uh, they can be very simple stories. I like documentaries with ordinary characters. Amazing, uh, yeah. Such as uh, Agnes Varda's film, uh, The Greeners and I, for instance. And Riti Pan's film, Dash or Master of the Forges of Hell. That's like, he's from Cambodia and uh, living in France. He's a great documentary filmmaker that's, uh, who worked on the same topic for years, for about 30 years. Sure. Right? About the Khmer Rouge, you know, uh, Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, you know, uh, this destructive dictatorship, you know, mm. they, they've been uh, through. And I mean, for me, a filmmaker from West Africa and for former colonized country, I tend to have a conflicting relationship with many, many films com coming out from, uh, from the West. Uh, not okay. because they are not well made, um, but because they do not represent um, my perspective, our perspectives, right? 
there's um, I like films that go deep into human issues uh, in the broader sense, you know, that can speak to all of us. Mm-hmm. Right. So not just a, a Western Eurocentric. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, um, I'm very careful if I, I'm, you know, to to name some film, right? So because if there are many criteria and many uh, aspects uh, that uh, I care that many other people who see film don't uh, don't care, right? Hmm. So, right? What is the best movie you've seen or rediscovered during quarantine? Yeah, I mean as. Uh, I'm working currently on a story that takes place during a period of war. Uh, for some time, so uh, now I have given myself the task of watching the great war movies. Right? Okay. To, yeah, to inspire myself aesthetically. I review Battle of Algiers by Kilo yes. Ponte Corvo, <laughs> which I can see again and again and always discover new layers, right? For us, ex-colonize the people mm. a true source of inspiration right? and the the sort of uh documentary almost aesthetic of the film too that it probably also, also speaks yeah, to you uh, yeah also, yeah yeah but also i mean i i i recently saw uh full metal jacket by Kubrick. sure <laughs> by Kubrick, sure right? yeah and uh another very old film that i saw many times is the bridge on the river quay by David David Lane David Lane tried many times and uh, still you know inspired me some, somehow. So that's <laughs> the thing. those are yeah, those are those are great recommendations. Are great recommendations. <laughs> so, yeah, and, um, I mean, and because of my classes, also, I mean, I I've been seeing so many short films of sure. for my student um, to inspire my student. So yeah, yeah. Um, Going off of that, um, yeah, yeah. to conclude this lovely conversation, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a budding filmmaker? Um, I mean, cinema is, uh, is one of the most powerful tools in the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, but this tool can only be used to its full potential if we had acquired cultural and intellectual resources. You know, my advice for film students is to educate themselves, to read mm-hmm. a lot, Mm-hmm. Watch a lot of films that have made film history, mm. but not only coming from the West to get to know sure. the world and seek knowledge in many areas. Sure. Uh, it really helps. So, right. Sure. Well, that's, that's very sage advice. Thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. And yeah. uh, we're extremely excited to uh, screen your film. And also there will be a live panel discussion Thursday, December 3rd, which I know you'll be at. And um, I encourage everyone listening to, to attend that. Um, Thank you so much, Idrisu. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you very much.